This is What Book Hooked You. I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. To kick off our episodes here in February, I have on Maria E. Andrew, whose newest book, Love in English, is out now. And so Maria and I talk about kind of her journey, uh, how she got into writing, her kind of influences and her beginnings, her first book, and then what went into this second book, Love in English. So I hope you'll enjoy it. Listen in. So Maria, what book hooked you? Um, so I have a diary entry from when I was 12 that says, most of all, I want to be a writer. So so I, I'm sure that there are books that predate the one I'm going to share with you. Um, because, you know, obviously I read all of the all of the stuff that made me feel that way at 12. Uh, but the book that, as I was really thinking about this question, knowing the title of your podcast, um, the book that really kept coming up for me was a book named Tiger Eyes by Judy Bloom. Hmm. It is not one of her more famous books, you know, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, and, and all of those. Um, but this book just captivated me as a, probably in my early teens, I must have read it. Um because it was the first book where it's it, it, the um, the main character's named Davy, and it's sort of a heavy topic. Um, her dad has been killed in a robbery at their store, and you know it's the kind of the year that follows that they move out to uh, to stay with some family in New Mexico. And uh, but what I, what really kind of grabbed me about that book at the time was how the author. I mean, she's so masterful in so many ways and how she gave this character permission to just be mad and just be sulky and mm. just be difficult and like kind of work through her stuff. And she was so real in that way. I remember thinking how amazing to be able to create a character that's so faceted and interesting. So I'd, I'd go with Tiger Eyes, I think. Mm. And so you you started off by saying how you have this journal entry of wanting to be a writer, what kind of brought that about, do you think? Like, what what kind of memories do you have that really kind of were, was was the kind of the fuel for this kind of burning, this longing, this idea that you had way back then at the age of 12? Um, yeah, I mean, I was always really bookish, right? I was, uh, I, I, I was read to a lot as a child and I, as soon as, and I learned to read very early. My mom taught me to read when I was like four. And, you know, after that, I kind of took, took over on my own and just would consume everything and anything that I could. So I think most writers begin as really avid readers. Um, but then there was, I mean, I think as a kid that seemed to be kind of like a superpower, like you can mm-hmm. make up worlds and make up characters and and have them be so complex and yeah writers just seemed awesome to me so i caught the bug very early on Hmm. and at that age what were you kind of thinking that you would be writing like was it going to be more like contemporary books like judy bloom and and like books like that or was it going to be fantasy was there going to be a certain topic or theme that you you saw yourself being a writer of at that age I don't. I don't think that I did. It's a, it's an interesting question, but I don't. So, so for me, there was a very big kind of gap between this idea of a writer wanting to be a writer and the execution of that. You know, it took me actually a really long time. I, I think 
longer than average, or at least it feels like longer than average, to figure out the nuts and bolts of how you did that. And so there were always fits and starts. I read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy as a kid and as a teenager. Um, but then I, I'm, I'm really kind of um, the kind of reader that will read just about anything. So I don't know that I ever thought I would I would write one specific genre. And I don't know that I still think that. I mean, the books that I have out or about to be out are contemporary, but I don't know that that's the only thing that interests me. So, Because it, you know, you mentioned how it, it, it sort of took you some time to you, you know, kind of developed as a writer where you would have success for as, as a writer. Is Was that because uh, while you had the dream, you weren't necessarily maybe pursuing it or it just it just kind of took you a long time to kind of find your way I I never stopped writing there I mean I have along with those journal entries I have like lots of swoony you know stories that I wrote at 12 or 13 about boys falling in love with me and (laughs) so there, there was always a lot of kind of putting stuff down on paper But, um, you know, I think probably some of my own life experiences made it so that I didn't really, it felt so imaginary. I grew up kind of poor, not kind of, definitely poor. And I I grew up uh, with things to overcome in my own life. And so, like, who who is a writer? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know anyone who was a writer and who makes it as a writer and what are the steps involved? And it was all very mysterious for a long time. And I, I kind of had to stumble around in the dark. Uh, for a really long time, figuring it out. Hmm. And at any point, you know, obviously getting as you as you grew older and things like that, were there times in which you thought that maybe being a writer was just this childhood dream and it's not something that was you were ever going to actually be able to fully realize? Yes, all the time. Um, I I went to I went to college. I worked during the day and I went to college at night to pay for it, and um, and, you know, I took creative writing classes and it seemed so great. And I got, all, you know, all this praise. And I remember there was one professor and, and she was dear. She was really kind of wanting to to watch out for me. I, it was a kind of a literary analysis. It was a Shakespeare mm-hmm. class. And uh, and she I turned in a paper and she pulled me aside after class. And she was like, this is very good. You know, what are you thinking of doing? And I think she was looking to encourage me to to go into a career in academia and I said, well, oh, here's a person who maybe I could tell this crazy dream to. I said, you know, I, I think I kind of want to be a writer. Like, I want to write novels. She was like, oh, yeah, there's no money in that. <laughs> you should probably get a more sensible dream. And that, like, you know, again, I don't think her intentions were bad, but that sort of made me think, oh, okay, well, that's not a thing I should pursue. And so there were a lot of fits and starts like that where I – you know, when I first started submitting stories after college, you had to like send a self-addressed stamped envelope and wait eight months for them to tell you no sure. thanks, you yeah. know. And so there was just a lot of like, well, how does one do this? It took me a, a, a bit of stumbling. And and through this process, when you think like as a young adult, however, whether you want to define that your teenage years are, are in the college, were there books that you remember reading and being kind of motivated by that kind of continued uh, fueling your dream of becoming a novel as if like, when I become a writer, I want to be writing books like this. I mean, sure. Yeah, I, uh, there are so many, I don't even know, like those books that kind of take your breath away and think, sure. how did you achieve this? I, I read and I and I also read 
a lot of my teenage years, which I think now would be like, oh, should you have read that at that age? <laughs> like The Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. uh, was relatively new. I probably was in college when I when I read it. But, you know, that's some heavy material. And I was just amazed. I mean, it's so powerful and so well done and dark, but, you know, just important. It felt really important. Um and there was that, yeah, that feeling of, wow, if only I could do something like this. I have clearly not done anything like that. But it, it, <laughs> those were the books that were like, oh, wow, I, this is amazing. So what was, I'll call it a turning point, or, or what was kind of the crossroads for you that, you know, really got you committed and really, uh, what was the opportunity? Or you really saw an opening for you to actually realize this dream of becoming a writer so i can point to it pretty pretty specifically um i so my own backstory is i was undocumented as a as a kid we my my parents came over and overstayed a visitor's visa when i was very small and um and that was always a very very uh sort of deep secret in my life i didn't talk about it no my best friends didn't know about it nobody knew about it and um And then I took a writing class in New York City, and the first assignment was write an essay about kind of your deepest secret. And I thought, oh my goodness, do I have the courage to Mm -hmm. write this story, you know? And so I did, just for the class, and she was like, you should submit this. And she had this great philosophy, this teacher in New York, that everyone should study with. Her name is Susan Shapiro, if you can get to her classes. And... um, she had this philosophy of, you know, everybody tells you to start small and work your way up. I say, start big and see if that doesn't work out, you know, work your way down. So I submitted that essay to Newsweek and it got published. And, and it was this great light bulb moment in my mind of like, I have been trying to keep writing at arm's length and make up stories, but not necessarily that meant very deep and specific things to me. And so when I combine this like revealing of the self with pursuing the dream, then it all kind of came together in a way that I had not anticipated. Mm. And from from that point, from you know having having revealed this secret in writing form and have it being uh, accepted, and was it kind of like was that article sort of I'll say your first big break or your first kind of publish piece of any kind? I'd call it the first big break. Yeah, I'd had, you know, stuff uh, that had been published locally and and little things like that, but this was the first thing in a in a nationally, you know, published uh in a national publication. And so from there from taking taking an uh, an essay, a personal essay, and then as you kind of searched for and were kind of farther into kind of your pursuit of writing, mm-hmm. Did that sort of direct where you're, what you were going to write as far as thematically and whatnot? Or, you know, were you still trying to figure out what type of writer do I want to be at that point? I think I was still trying to figure it out because there was this big pull to write the books I had loved, right? Like the fantasy books I had loved. I read Twilight um, kind of around that time, a little bit after that. And, and I thought, Ooh, you know, urban fantasy, fantastic. I want to write this. And so there was a lot of that, but then my experience of writing has been that there are, there are stories that sort of insist uh, upon being told. Um, and so this story, my first book, the, the secret side of empty 
is a story about an undocumented girl. And even though it's not my story at all, it's a fully fictionalized, you know, um, experience. It, it does draw on the emotional reality of what, what I went through. And so that sort of surprised me like, Oh, here's this book that isn't the book I would have thought I wanted to write, but just kind of insisted on being written. If that makes any kind of sense, that sounds like a very woo woo writer (laughs) thing to say, but it, it felt that way. Um, and love in English to, to some extent feels that way also. Hmm. And well, since you mentioned, let's start talking about your, your newest book, uh, is called love in English. So mm-hmm. give me sort of the synopsis of what this book's about. Uh, so it's a book about um, a character named Anna. Um, she comes to the United States and she doesn't speak much English. Um, but, and back home, she was a poet, uh, you know, really kind of had a facility for language. Uh, but now she's in a place where she doesn't know the language. And so she can't find the words. And it sort of shakes her sense of self. Like, well, who are you if you aren't the thing that you sort of defined yourself through? And uh, so she's she uh, comes to the States and is in an ESL class. And there's a boy in ESL, but there's a boy in math class. And so it's it's really a lighter book about exploring the self and finding your voice. And it's really an ode to language, too. You know, I also didn't speak English um, as a kid. Uh, and that that love and discovery of English, it's really marvelous and complicated and, and maddening and um so i wanted to put all of those feelings into love in english mm. and you know you kind of already revealed how you kind of got this idea for the book um, yes but in mentioning you know that your first book the secret side of empty uh dealt within the same realm of uh, of a topic was there any trepidation from you to uh tackling uh, a different side of it or more of the more elements within within this idea of immigrants uh, coming to America and trying to trying to live and survive. Um, sure, I mean there there is the feeling of you know I've got fantasies in the drawer that I that I want out there in the world and I've got lots of ideas. I have a, a whole note in my iPhone which is like oh and <laughs> and also write this and also write this. So there's a ton I want to do, um, but again with this this experience of a story like kind of not going away like hey how about this and it felt like a very fresh angle it is a, a fresh angle and it's also a much lighter it, it really focuses much more on the love story and mm-hmm. the finding her voice and it there's really it's it's a it's a celebration it's not a pain narrative in any way hmm. and with uh mentioning how you were an esl student and i have friends that uh, had a similar experience where they were ESLs and they they've gone on to be you know teachers and things like that and just uh, wanting to you know just as you are kind of sharing your your work as both a uh, an author and and someone who gives writing advice and at coming up learning this language and and in a sense you sort of as your title of the book reveals sort of fell in love with it like. Because you had to work to learn this language and understand this language, it would seem, from my perspective, that you and, and, and maybe other people that had similar situations where they were an ESL student or they really had to, to work at learning English, it didn't come naturally from, from growing up here or growing in, in a situation like that. Um, do you feel that you really learned to love and appreciate it more and and that has helped you as a writer and someone who is a native English speaker? 
Sure. And I don't want to claim any kind of um, privilege that anyone else, you know, who doesn't speak a second language doesn't have. Obviously, there are writers that love and explore language, uh, even if English is the only language that they speak. For me, speaking Spanish first and then learning English, I... um, there was always a, a deep kind of curiosity for things that I think uh, maybe native English speakers take for granted, like why tough, but bow, you know, why mm-hmm. the, these crazy spellings or why like, um, you know, sayings like white picket fence or uh, have your cake and eat it too. I think, you know, there, if you grow up here, that's just something you hear from when you're small. Sure. But for me, it was always this like, this fascination, like, but why, what does that mean? And, and so I really looked for it and I studied it and I, and I tried really hard to understand it. Um, and so it really drove my, my, my reading and my fascination. And, you know, when you, because this story has a lot to do with, uh, you know, main character being a lover of language and learning this language and, and, you know, just the, uh, nuances to it, personally is are there things about the english language that that you've really sort of always thought you know were neat little little tricks little sayings little little things that uh throughout your learning english and mastering english and writing uh in this language have always kind of appreciated oh my goodness every day all the time i mean the um, I, I remember in high school, I was the I was the one nerd. I, our my my high school English teacher, whom I adored and was fantastic, and probably really um, instrumental in me loving language and and books as much as I do. She made us watch a documentary uh, called The Story of English, and I I was the one nerd in class. I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Are there more episodes? Can we watch more? And my friends were like, oh, you're so annoying. Can you not? You know. Um, but the rich and varied history, and, and by the way, I have similar feelings about Spanish. It's not a, it's not an either or thing. I, you know, I think a lot of mm-hmm. languages have really fascinating stories, but for me, since I was coming in new to it, learning about, you know, first the, the, the Angles and the Saxons and then the, the Normans and then the, the church and Latin and, and the, the reason why there are five different ways to say something in English, because it's, it's like all of these influences on the language. Um, has always been deeply fascinating to me. Hmm. And, you know, over the past few years, because of uh, political conditions and and what society is kind of uh, raising to public consciousness, um, un- the undocumented uh, experience is something that the commoner, I'll say, uh, okay. of this country uh, is becoming more familiar with. And having... Uh, while being more knowledgeable, developing some sort of opinion. So um, as you are approaching telling uh, stories about that, that deal with this topic, what are you kind of, how, what's your thought process thinking through how you want to present this to readers? I want to tell stories that show the dignity and personhood of every character. Um, and and certainly in my in my first book, uh, but also in, in Love in English, this this idea always sort of in the back of my head of of um, thinking or hoping to say to the reader, this may be a person, this may be an experience you haven't had, or it may not be a person that you've met, 
but I want you to see all the ways that you're the same. You know, you have the same hopes and dreams, you have the same desire for love, you have the same, you know, insecurities and, and like, you know, the overthink things in, in a similar way. There's just so much more that, that we share than that separates us. So I think that's kind of the power of, of telling stories about maybe characters that, um, that some readers haven't read about before. Hmm. And backing up a little bit, so when you uh, were in this pursuit to become a writer, did you find YA or did YA find you? Meaning, did you set out to write within the YA category or did you find that the stories that you wanted to tell or what you uh, ended up writing fit best within the YA category? Yeah, I always like to tell uh, people that it just turns out that I discovered that I'm a snarky 16-year-old at heart. <laughs> um, and so that that whole time of life, I guess because it's, I mean, it's so pivotal for a lot of us. But, you know, for me, I was figuring a lot of stuff out. I can, I have a lot of access to memories of what that felt like. Um, and in many ways, you know, I don't know what this says. Uh, I mean, it says good things because teenagers are awesome. But, you know, like I, I can still feel the same ways that I felt at 16. I still can feel awkward walking into a group or feel excluded or. Um, and so I have a lot of access to those those emotions and also that that time of figuring out, you know, who you want to be in the world and, and what the world looks like to you. Um, I, I think it's an awesome time. And, and so I, I can really tap into that. Hmm. And have you sort of been surprised uh, that as you have uh, developed a writer and, and been able to uh, successfully publish that the story of uh, the f immigrant, the foreigner coming into this country and especially uh, situations of uh, a young person being undocumented has become more prevalent that uh, you're able to tell while it's not maybe the story of, of the experience, a, a aspect or a story of that experience, that you've been able to provide uh, something where our readers uh, with similar tales to tell can see themselves in the books that you write? Um, I hope so. I mean, I, I think we've all heard about um, windows and mirrors theory. You know, you want, mm. you want uh, stories that reflect you and you want stories that gives you, give you a glimpse into other, um, other ways of living or other life experiences. Um, so I hope, I'm hoping I do both. Obviously, uh, I think it's, it's important for, for kids to be able to see themselves in books, but also, uh, for kids who haven't met characters or haven't, haven't been in experiences like, um, my characters to, to see them. Um, I will, I will say, I do want to say, and I, I mean, I think this goes without saying, but it, it feels important to state. I have one experience and it's a very specific experience. And, and so there's so many other ways mm. of being that I, I'm not in any way, any representative. I, sure. my, you know, my, my life experience was what it was. Uh, but what I love about what's going on in, um, in why literature in particular now is just how many, um, really important and, and different voices are, are being heard. And so we need so much more of that. Um, and, and that's, that's exciting. I'm glad to be living and writing and reading at this time. Mm, great. And so while you have, uh, your, your first two books have been contemporary, 
is what is maybe another one of your favorite genres that when you're reading for uh, your personal reading time that you really like to sort of get into a lot? So I have a weird fascination with end of the world, end of civilization <laughs> narratives. Like I have probably read, <laughs> I mean, most of the major stuff in mm. that genre. And and so it's a, it feels like uh, a particularly macabre um, sort of fascination now with the world, you know, we're, we're recording this during COVID and it's, uh-huh. it's less, you know, it, it's just become a little too close and real, but I think it's less about having a fascination with like, what if, what if civilization, um, goes away, but more about who are we? Like, I, I think end of the world books are about who would I be mm. uh, under the ultimate test, you know? Sure. Sure. That's great. Well, we'll wind things down here. And as we do, I'll ask you a few questions. First one being, what is your favorite movie that's based on a book? So I really, really loved the movie for Like Water for Chocolate Hmm. by Laura Esquivel. Um, It's a story about a woman who who can't marry the love of her life because there's this... um, this tradition in her family that she can't marry. She's supposed to take care of her mom. And, but it's just, it's, it's fantastical. Um, she's a cook and the things that she puts into her cooking kind of happen in the world and it's beautiful. And I thought that the movie did a fantastic job of really staying true, um, to the book. So I love the book and I love the movie. Great. Uh, next question then, is there a book or a series that you're willing to admit you've either never read or never finished? Ooh, ooh, a toughie. Um, so I was an English major, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, so so I tell you this so that you can understand the deep sin that I'm about to admit <laughs> to. I don't think that I have ever completely gotten through an Ernest Hemingway book. Mm. Um, I really actively disliked him I, as a as a kid. You know, I, I guess they they had us read The Old Man and the Sea probably like in the eighth grade or something, and I was like, oh, I really hate this. Um, but I have, I have told myself that here in my adulthood, I am going to give him another chance. So I just recently bought for whom the bells toll bell tolls. Yeah. So I will read some, I will finish an entire one of his books at some point, but not yet. (laughs) Very good. Lots of cliff notes. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. We've all been there, especially English majors. Um, then finally, what is the last great book that you've read? So I recently read um, Red Hood by Alana mm. K. Arnold, which came out, I think, this spring. And boy, was that, I mean, first of all, it was a fantastic read, but also as a writer, um, kind of intimidating. Like, how do you, she's so honest, so bracingly, kind of blazingly honest and, and raw. And, and that was awesome. That was an awesome, awesome book. Great. Well, Maria, Love in English comes out on February the 2nd. Congratulations, and I wish you and this book all the best. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap on this week's episode. I want to thank Maria E. Andrew for joining me again. Her book, Love in English, is out now. You can also check out her other debut book, The Secret Side of Empty. Hope you also check out some of the other great episodes we have with YA and middle grade authors. I'm Brock Shelley, and until next time, keep reading. <laughs>